Welcome to the latest episode of Women's Hockey Digest. I'm your host, Stephen Edwards, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Catherine Donahue from the Buffalo Buttes and Alyssa Gallardi from the Boston Pride. First up is Catherine Donahue. Delighted to be joined by Catherine Donahue from the Buffalo Buttes. Catherine, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Oh, thank you for having me, Steve. I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing very, very well. So let's get into some hockey and uh, find out a bit more about you. So when did you first start playing hockey? Um, I started hockey when I was about four years old. Um, the first time I got on the ice was uh, learn to play hockey, skate. So the first time I skated, I was in full gear and um, could hardly make it to the to the close blue line. And yeah, that's my earliest experience of being on the ice as a four-year-old. It's almost like a bit of a baptism of fire almost then. Yeah, definitely. Everything all at once. (laughs) So growing up, was there um, any influences in your family? Uh, Yeah, well, since I started so young, I hadn't really even been watching hockey at all yet. Uh, It was definitely because my older brother, he's about eight years older than I am, and he's he was the influence of why I wanted to even consider start playing hockey um my sister played soccer so I was like you know what? I'll give both a shot I'll, I'll try hockey and soccer and so I also tried soccer when I was five years old so both around the same time period and growing up was there any particular players you enjoyed watching or any teams that you rooted for uh well my dad grew up in Buffalo and I grew up in Rochester, so since it's just an hour away, yeah, that was my go-to team and still is today. Uh, always been a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. And, you know, going through the ups and downs of that team. Uh, but, yeah, they they definitely made things exciting growing up. And my dad would take me to hockey games there for the Sabres, and uh, those were always enjoyable. But um, when I think of favorite players, though, uh, not – not too many of my favorites were from the Sabres that like you would expect. Um, I remember always watching Joe Sackick, um, Brett Hall. Those were a couple of my favorites because Joe Sackick was, he was a center and he had an amazing playmaking ability and the way he could just uh, turn defensemen around and then quickly pivot and go the other way and, he would always be able to make space for himself out there, um, both with with his feet and with his long reach with his with the stick, and um, definitely goal scorer too. And then with Brett Hall, he, just what I admired about him was his um, his quick release and his snapshot, which is what he was really well known for. So even though he was a winger, um, I grew up playing center and played center for most of my career. So. That's why Joe Sackick was someone that I always looked up to, for sure. It's interesting you say Joe Sackick. Although I'm not an ice hockey player, Joe Sackick is the reason why I'm a hockey fan, because I, I grew up a Quebec Nordiques fan, and of course he didn't, when they moved to Colorado, I remember the Avalanche. and Oh, yeah. So that's the reason why I'm a hockey fan. And it's also interesting the fact you say Brett Hull, because when I think of Buffalo sports, Brett Hull is a guy that broke the hearts of Sabres fans in the Stanley Cup finals in in the late 90s when he <laughs> scored the winning goal for uh, for the Dallas Stars 
and my, I know <laughs> my wife's from Dallas, so she's kind of like a Dallas Stars girl. And Sabres fans, mm-hmm. I think, will never ever get over Brett Hull scoring that goal because they'll always dispute that one in Game Six of that Stanley Cup Final. So it's it's interesting um, that you bring up both of those names. Yeah, yeah, I def. I mean, I I think I was four years old when that goal happened. Nineteen ninety nine was it? It was nineteen ninety nine. So yes, it was um, yeah, some so, time ago now. Yeah, so I was four or five. So yeah, there's always there's that. Uh, uh, contrary liking for him despite my love for buffalo um i always got crap from my parents actually for that because uh, they remember that goal a lot more than i do i think i just remember hearing about it in my later years and then thinking oh that's that's funny he totally ruined that for my team <laughs> um but yeah i do i do remember hearing about that moving on to your uh, time at mercyhurst um, playing college hockey what do you remember most about that Oh, uh, well, so much, honestly, because within four years, just a lot happens. And that's a long time period for um, the age of 18 to 21, 22. So, well, we had good runs at Mercyhurst during the time that I was there. So I was lucky enough to experience uh, two um, Frozen Fours in the NCAA tournament and those were great on ice experiences and um, getting big wins in the final eight. Uh, you know, I'll always remember those and I still have the NCAA trophies to remind myself of that and the hard work that my team put in for our success on the ice. Um, but I would say other than that, it's just the, the lifelong friendships that I took from that school and from my team and especially my class itself was really close and um it's just really cool to see how we're still all staying connected and um we're all moving on in our own careers now after school and we still support each other like we did our freshman year just trying to uh see where our direction was going at such a young age so it's really cool really cool to see that those friendships we developed are are still there and we still support each other even though we're not around each other like we used to be. So after Mercyhurst, you talk about like where you are now playing for the Buttes. How did that opportunity come about? Uh, well, I ended up taking a year off after Mercyhurst, after my last year there as a senior. Um, and I really wasn't even thinking about going back to hockey right when I graduated, just because the NWHL was still fairly new. Um, it was only It only had gone through two seasons at that point or actually well right when I graduated that was just one season that the NWHL had so it's I think that was the case for a lot of girls graduating at that time um or even a year earlier than that just the expectation before we went to college was all right college hockey and then after that figure out what what else you want to do um so after a year of not playing I was I was keeping up with my friends that were playing in the league and I saw how fun that they were having and how good the the skill was. Um so I heard about the open tryout for the Buffalo Buttes. Uh I think it was in June and I knew right away I wanted to take up that opportunity and just give it my best shot and 
see if I could keep playing because I, I knew playing hockey again was, was going to make me happy. And um, the way they have it set up, you, you can definitely mix it in with whatever job you have, um, depending on what, what they allow on, on that side of things. So I knew that I was capable of taking the opportunity if it was given to me. And how do you think you've settled in so far? I mean, obviously you mentioned like some of the familiar faces around you. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of girls in the league, whether they're on my team or not. Um, so, for example, Julia DeTondo, she's a goalie on the Buffalo Buttes, and she was my freshman roommate in college. So, uh, And then Taylor Kersey, I played with her for three years. She's a forward on the Buttes. Um, I think she was in one of the podcasts for you. Um, and even a bunch of the other girls, even if I never really – knew them too well I knew of them and luckily uh with the team we have everyone's so friendly so being welcomed on the team as a newcomer was um pretty easy and definitely felt like I could easily adjust just simply because the the team was so uh friendly and welcoming so I knew that that wasn't going to be an issue at all and you've come into a, an excellent situation obviously the, the team's coming off the championship from last season mm-hmm yeah, uh, I remember hearing, like, keeping up with that last season, and Haley Scamora, she had just uh, gotten on the team, and I heard about that when it happened, and I knew her, and I played with her when I was younger. So that definitely encouraged me even more so. Um, I already knew the the skill level that the Buttes had, and then seeing their championship win was, was really cool to see, and... Um, you know, it's kind of the thought process of, well, why not? There, there was no reason to not want to try and play again. But that was definitely like a cool experience to, to watch. And, um, you know, I think all of us are looking for that again and that same success. And that's what we're working for. And talking about something else for a moment, you had a lot of success on face-offs last time out. How do you tend to approach those? Um... Well, first, I just try to make sure that I have a strong base, and um, then I, I always look and see what the opposing center is, is going to do. So I just try to get as much leverage as I can and um, keep my keep my eyes on the on the puck right until he drops it. And then from there, just try to use as much strength as I can to get leverage because um, that's the key thing in face-offs. It's not always about hand-eye coordination. That's that's a big thing, but um, you need to be ready to battle, and that's what a face-off is. And then if you have all your other um, <clears throat> teammates who are out there with you, if you have them focused too, then you're you're going to have a better chance at winning that. And um, you know, if everyone's tying up, then you're going to have the best chance at having possession. You win the face-off. You, you control the puck. Yeah, exactly. Um, if if you're out there for a shift and the first thing you're you're supposed to do is take a face off, it doesn't matter if you're a defenseman, winger, or center. If if you get that possession, you have the power to control that entire minute long shift. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first step, and then from there you just try to build off of it and possession is the most important thing in the game. The more possession you have, the more likely you are to uh, have more scoring opportunities and just 
take control of momentum for the rest of the game. So, yeah, I think everything starts from ground zero with that. And, um, you know, a goal is not always scored just by having a good shot and that final second within the within the shift there. It's what happened before that. And then a lot of times, too, it's, it's what happened on the shift before that. If you, the line that was out there before you did really well. And um, usually that's that's how you have good shifts thereafter. And moving on to this weekend, the, the Buttes have got a game against the Pride. The Buttes won this game last time out when these two teams met. What are your thoughts going into this game? Uh, well, the the Boston Pride is a really good team. Um, you know, they have a lot of good players there and uh, speed and good defensemen. So I think our mindset is, you know, whatever happened in the last game is irrelevant now. We just have to um, focus on our game. And um, right now we're just we're just trying to be consistent. That's our biggest key right now that we're trying to focus on and get better at. So, um, you know, I think we're doing well with moving the puck and using our own speed because we definitely have a lot of that on our team. Um, and we all work pretty well together. So I think that just coming into this weekend, we're excited to play, having that last week off for Thanksgiving. We're, we kind of have the itch to play again. So, um, yeah, we're just looking to build off of practices for this week and um, make sure we're all ready for, for Saturday. And, of course, that's going to be one of the two big games of the weekend in the NWHL. But for now, I'd like to thank you for joining me today, Catherine. I'd like to wish you and the team all the best for this season. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Steve. Great stuff from Catherine. Now time for Alyssa Gallardi. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Alyssa Gallardi from the Boston Pride. Alyssa, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's, it's great to speak to another player on the podcast, and it's almost time for another weekend of action as we record this on a, on a Thursday, and I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get back out on the ice? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to getting back after having uh, the holiday week off um, and just trying to get back on track here and, and get the first win of the season. No, absolutely. I'll be talking a bit more about the Pride a bit later in the episode, but before we get to that point, Let's get to know you a little bit better. So when did you first start playing hockey? Uh, I started playing roller hockey when I was probably six. Um, my cousins and my brother were playing, and then we switched over to ice hockey when I was about eight years old. Is it a fairly easy transition from roller hockey to ice hockey? I've heard a few of the players kind of go down that route. Yeah, um, I don't quite remember. I just remember, you know, we thought it was a ton of fun, um, and, you know, we loved playing both. Um, so when we made the transition to ice hockey, I'm sure we struggled uh, early on, but um, just kind of fell in love with it and, and kept playing. You moved to Carolina at quite a young age. Did you grow up as a Carolina Hurricanes fan? Uh, no, originally, actually, I was born in Pittsburgh. Um, that's where my whole family's originally from. So I grew up a, a Penguins fan um, and a Pittsburgh sports fan. And then, uh, obviously, moving down to, to Raleigh when I was 10, um, allowed me to um, kind of jump on the, the Hurricanes bandwagon and, and support them as well. A bit more about yourself. You played your college hockey at Cornell. What are some of your favorite memories from your time there? Um, I mean, one of my favorite, a couple of stand out, but, um, you know, one would be beating Harvard in the ECAC championship. Um, we always had a good rivalry with them, and 
um, kind of always wanted to, to face off against them. So when we were able to pull off a win at home um, against Harvard, I think we had close to 2,000 people there at the game. Um, that was a cool memory for sure when the whole crowd was chanting, Harvard sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Jillian Dempsey won't like that I, I remind her of that. Um, but, yeah, you know, that memory. And then uh, my sophomore year, we played Boston University in the NCAA quarterfinals. Um, we were able to host that game. And we went into triple overtime and came out with a 7-6 to six win. Um, so that was probably the craziest game I've ever been a part of. Um, and definitely the most memorable. I think it is, isn't it? It's like those crazy games for me that not only mean so much for the players, but that's sometimes when you grab a new fan. Yeah, I remember we were actually, uh, when we were hosting the game, our the Cornell men's hockey team was in their first round of playoffs, and we they had to postpone their game, and we almost had some of their fans start trickling in. Um, and I just remember by the end, we were so exhausted, but the atmosphere was just so unlike anything I'd been a part of. Um, and then obviously we, we punched our ticket to the Frozen Four, so it was just kind of a whirlwind of a game. Um, a lot of highs, a lot of lows to give up <laughs> for the score to end up 7-6, to six, but um, you know, it was just incredibly memorable, I'm sure, for both teams. Moving on to um, something away from your, your college hockey time, you also represented Team USA at the Four Nations Cup in 2014 and 2015, the latter of which USA won the gold. What was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, it was a huge honor to, to be a part of that. Um, it's what you, know, you dream of as a kid, to wear the USA jersey and represent your country and to have that opportunity to, at two tournaments um, was obviously a, a big dream come true and to play at that level against the best players in the world and play with some of the best players in the world was um, a huge honor. The latter tournament was in Sweden. Did you get much chance to enjoy your time there outside of hockey? Um, a little bit. You know, we were kind of in Sundsvall, Sweden, so it was a bit of a small town and middle of winter, so there was not, not a ton of daylight throughout the day, but, um, you know, it was a really unique experience and I was fortunate to have my family come out and be able to watch and, and cheer us on. So it was uh, definitely a unique experience that I'll always remember. Let's talk about your time with the Pride, because you've been there since the very get-go. And, of course, in the very first season, your team won the Isabel Cup. How did that feel? I mean, like, your first season, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah. The first season was definitely just something that was so memorable, um, because it was the first of everything that we were going through. Um, You know, I think at times we felt like it was surreal when, you know, you're getting paid to play hockey and um, getting the fan base that we had and obviously ending with the – the first ever win um, was just in, in incredible, and we were able to do it for um, our teammate, Denna, who had gotten injured, and um, just really rally around her and rally around um, each other as a team to, to pull off the win. Is there any crazy stories about what happened to the cup? Not when it was in my possession, I'll just say that. <laughs> maybe, when, maybe when other people had it, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure certain things happened, but um, now when I uh, now when I was in charge of it, so I'll I'll plead the fifth. Okay, I'll have to ask some of the other players that got their hands on that cup and see what they say. But uh, we'll we'll move away from that one before anyone gets into any trouble. Um, during your first season as well, you was also a part of the All Star Game, playing on Hillary Knight's team. Is there any funny stories from that weekend, and what was that experience like? Uh, that was just a, another fun weekend. Again, it was kind of the first one, and. Um, it was a great group of girls that were there and, and to be able to enjoy it in Buffalo there. Um, you know, they had a good crowd and, and good support. Um, I don't think there's any crazy stories. I remember we were 
<laughs> we were on the losing end, that's for sure. We lost like all the skills competitions. So then we started the game down like five to nothing, and it was tough to <laughs> tough to bounce back from that. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun to, to be a part of that, and obviously a great privilege. This is now your third season now with a pride. And who have been some of the biggest characters you've played with during your time with the team? Um, I mean, my favorite is Brittany Hot. She's she's a character. Hopefully, you guys have her on here. She's she's really good at interviews, so um, I'm excited to to hear her. I think you guys should get her on really soon. We we will definitely try and get Brittany on. I'm trying to get around to as many players as possible. And that kind of lends into one of the questions that came in from Twitter from uh, Dr. Jen, who says, can you confirm your favourite teammate is indeed Otter? And how does your calf game compare to your favourite teammate, Brittany Ott? She's uh, one of my favourite teammates. Um, this is our fourth year playing together. And uh, she definitely has the biggest calves. I'm not sure if people have ever seen her outside of her equipment or off the ice, but... Um, the girls got some great calves, and I have pretty much no calves. So she, uh, I always kind of give her crap because I feel like she could give up a little bit of hers to donate to me because I feel like I do calf exercises and I still have no muscle there. So um, we always just like to joke around that you know she loves her calves and uh, they're they're pretty impressive. <laughs> It's always interesting to see what questions do come in on Twitter, and I'll go back to some of the other ones that we've we've had in um, a bit later when I'm speaking to you. But I just want to touch on something else uh, for the moment. You received the NWHL Foundation Award earlier this year. What did that mean to you? Yeah, that was a great honor. Um, you know, the other three girls that were recognized all did incredible things as well, and it's just uh, you know I think we all appreciate and are grateful for the platform we have through the NWHL to. Um, help out with other initiatives and, and kind of start conversations or raise money or whatever it may be um, that's close to our heart. And so obviously it was it was a nice feeling to get that award. But um, there's a lot of great initiatives that all the girls around the league are doing um, throughout the season and throughout the off season. So um, it was a great honor to, to kind of be recognized. I think it's, a, it's an excellent achievement. It's something that, you know, as you say, it's, it's important to be recognised for not only what you do on the ice, but also what you do off the ice as well. So, you know, congratulations there, Alyssa, on that. Moving away from that, now over to some of the other Twitter questions that came in. Another one's coming from Maddie Tate. She says, favourite activity to do in Boston? Uh, favourite activity in Boston? Um, I don't know, Boston's just a pretty cool city with a lot of history, so... Um, I know when my brother comes to visit, he always wants to do the Freedom Trail and things like that. But, um, yeah, if they were activity, probably just be kind of checking out some of the historical things around the city and kind of being able to appreciate um, living in a city like that. See, for me, I've only spent a few hours in Boston. I think outside of walking around Boston, just generally seeing what's around and seeing the Cheers bar, that's about as much as I've seen. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the other thing would just be, the, the Boston sports fans are very passionate, so um, it's always fun to, to see that and see how riled up they get when the Patriots don't win or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I've had many discussions about the Patriots with various people on this podcast for one reason or another, but uh, let's move back to hockey for the moment before I go into a Patriots rant. Next one from Lady Eagles. How is girls hockey in the Carolinas different from when you played, and is it moving in a positive direction? Yeah, it's definitely moving in a positive direction, that's for sure. Um, when I was down and when I was playing youth hockey in Raleigh, um, I think there was one girls team at the time, and it was a U16 team. Um, there was really no option, so 
I think I was, you know, 11 years old on, on a U16 team with, you know, girls of all different ages and, um, and everything like that. And, you know, we had girls from Virginia and South Carolina um, and kind of all over the place, all on this one team, just because it was the only option. Um, so I did play some boys hockey, obviously, when I was down down there at that age. But, um, you know, now there's, there's multiple programs that girls have opportunities to play in, and there's great coaching and, and passionate coaches that want to continue to grow the game um, and, and help develop the girls' skills and talent. Uh, it's clear that they love hockey, and it's only going to keep growing from here. I think for me it's going to be interesting to see how much the the game grows across the country with the advent of the NWHL. Yeah, definitely. I think you know you're seeing that on the guys' side, obviously, with Austin Matthews from Arizona, mm. you know, being the number one pick in the draft, and you're starting to see it with girls hockey now. Girls from southern states or non-traditional hockey markets playing Division One, Division Three, and obviously beyond um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, this this trend was kind of started in the men's game with, you know, Gretzky making the move to LA, what Timu did in Anaheim. So I think, again, it's just going to take a bit of time, but the early signs are there for the growth of the game, and we're definitely seeing that. Yeah, definitely. Last question in from Twitter is from Dane, who says, given all the news lately about sexual impropriety in various industries... Has there been any conversation about awareness within the NWHL and protecting players? Um, there hasn't really been any conversations. Um, I think we're all fortunate to um, not having really to worry about any of that um, in our league. Um, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but you know, in, in my experience, um, it's been, uh, been nothing but positive interactions from all staff members, um, regardless of gender. And I think... Um, you know, I think if there if there were to be a conversation, I think everyone would be very open and honest to um, making sure nothing were to, to happen and everyone feels safe and comfortable um, in that work environment. So let's talk about the Pride this season now. I mean, obviously, it hasn't been the happiest of times so far. But do you think that the break that you've had will be beneficial to the team going forward and hopefully try and get you onto a winning streak? I think, yeah, I think the break probably helped a lot. Um, obviously, that... That one game right before break, it was a tough loss to, to be up 3-1 to one and, and end up losing in a shootout to Connecticut um, pretty late in the game there. Uh, so I think, you know, we were so close to, to kind of feeling like we, we uh, turned the tables and, and we're going to come out the win and, and end up with, you know, a, an 0-4 record heading into um, a break. I think it's, it was good for people to get away mentally and, um, and physically take a little break and, and come back refreshed for – um, kind of a, a mini sprint here before you know the next holiday break. So uh, I think I think it was a good good timing for us to to kind of forget about that one, move on, take what you know, take the positives from it, and um, you know come back ready to to battle it out you know this Saturday. No, absolutely, and obviously talking about this weekend's game against the Buttes. What are your thoughts on that game heading into it? Yeah, I think we're you know we're excited. Um, again, we've had about ten days off, so it will be about two weeks off. Um, from game action um, heading into it. So I think everyone will be excited to, to get back to it. Um, obviously, we're, we'll be missing, you know, Haley Screwbook. She's gone with the national yeah. team now and, um, and kind of dealing with some injuries and things like that. But everyone's excited, and I think we're just going to try and put our best foot forward and, you know, forget about that you know, first four games of the season, learn from, from them what we can and, and move on and try and get this first win and then go from there. No, absolutely. Alyssa... <laughs> 
I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and obviously I'd like to wish yourself and the team all the very best. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Steve, and I uh, appreciate you doing all this. Great stuff from Melissa, and that just about wraps up tonight's episode. I'd like to thank Catherine and Alyssa for joining me on Women's Hockey Digest. Every week I'll be joined by players from the NWHL to discuss hockey and much more. But for now, I've been your host, Stephen Edwards. You can find me on Twitter at TalkSportStephen. You can find the podcast at WH Digest. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. All the details are in the episode notes. But until next time, it's a good night from me.